we, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Well, greetings, friends and fellow citizens from around Ohio and across the nation, and even for some of you who are started to watch the program from overseas. Welcome to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I am the host of this show. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention.org. And this radio show, which is part of a five-station network that airs on uh, stations around Ohio every Saturday from 7:30 a.m until 9 a.m. in the morning is paid for by the generous donations of the donors to the WeThePeopleConvention.org. And if you would like to support this show, you can do so by going to WeThePeopleConvention.org and donating to help fund our activities. For those of you who are not listening on the radio, uh, you are watching the podcast and you can do that uh, at WeThePeopleConvention.org. Our player is right there on the front page. And we post the podcast generally at around noon on every Friday. Friday. And so you can go to WeThePeopleConvention.org and watch the podcast. If you click on the little yellow button on the front page, you will uh, go to the radio network and podcast page where it lists all the radio stations, lists uh, the, uh, the uh, links for those stations so you can listen on your phone or on your computer, not just over the air on the radio. And you can also, besides watching the podcast on our website, you can uh, watch it on YouTube. You can uh, watch it on your TV, on Roku TV or on uh, Amazon Fire, and you can get instructions for how to do that at WeThePeopleConvention.org. You can also listen to the podcast on iTunes if you'd like. So however you're joining us, whether you're on the radio or on the podcast uh, from wherever you're joining us, welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. If you're new to the show, um, you're in for quite a treat because it certainly is news and opinion you will not get anywhere else. And for those of you who have been with us for a long time, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for telling other people about this show because it's important. We are doing this not just for fun. We're doing this because we are trying to get good information out to patriotic citizens so we can do what? So that we can defend our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity and our constitution and the American way of life. That's what this show is about. That's the kind of stories you're going to hear today if you're just tuning in for the first time. And this show is not just about talk. Yes, I will talk to you for a long time, but it's about action. And I always ask you to do things during my show and during our show, your show. And I, I you know, appreciate all of you who act on what I ask you to do, because as you've seen personally, you yourselves have seen, it does make a difference in a big way. So let's get into it here because I've got some really exciting things to talk about. First of all, I posted uh, on our website on uh, Thursday a very important story. I spent six hours researching this story. And if you if you don't get our emails and text messages, go to wethepeopleconvention.org right now while you're listening to the show and put in your email and your phone number on the front page and I would have texted the story to you or emailed it to you so you would have gotten it before the show. But basically, the story is why mail-in voting will not matter and why we will not be waiting weeks for the election results. Most of the people supporting Trump in this election are confident that he will get more votes than he got in 2016, right? But are afraid that fraudulent mail-in votes will illegally steal the, uh, the election or that we will have to wait weeks before we know the results because so many states, quote-unquote, so many states are allowing ballots to arrive long after November 3rd. Based on a study of the voting rules in each state and the 2016 electoral map, it appears to me that neither of those things are very likely at all. And so as you're watching the podcast, I'm going to be putting up some maps. Those of you who are on the radio, I'm going to have to say a lot of state names, and I'll try to do it in a way that you can follow it. But it's, it's really important for you to understand these things. So here's the first thing you need to understand. There are only 10 states in the country that are mailing ballots out to every voter 
in their uh, voter database. Okay, so that's the difference between what we do here in Ohio. We do absentee voting, and most states do absentee. Because of COVID, almost everyone allows for some kind of mail-in voting, okay? But we're talking about the people who just mail ballots, not requests for absentee ballots, but actually mail ballots to everyone in the voter rolls, which we know are completely screwed up, have dead people on them, have illegals on them, are terrible, okay? So here are those 10 states, just so you can, can know what I'm talking about. Those 10 states are Washington, Oregon, California, Hawaii, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Colorado, Vermont, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C., okay? Ten states. Now, what's important about that? Well, on the screen, I've got the electoral map from 2016. And of all ten of those states, only two of them, only two of them were states that Trump won. So what do we care if if California sends out another, you know, they sent out 25 million, I think, ballots, what do we care if a million illegals vote and cheat? What do we care, right? Because Trump didn't win California last time, and he ain't winning it this time. What we care about is the two states that he did win, which were Utah and Arizona. Got news for you. Utah had mail-in balloting in 16. So did Arizona. He's not losing Utah. He won it by like 25%, and he won Arizona, and it's close but I think he's going to win it because of the Hispanic vote. And so the mailing, the mailing out of ballots isn't going to affect us because they won't affect the electoral vote. Now, the popular vote's another thing, but it just doesn't really matter, okay? It just really matter about the popular vote because we're not, that's not how we elect presidents. That's a left talking point, okay? So that's the first thing that I want you to understand, all right? Now, the second thing is, Okay, and I want you to stop worrying about these mail-in ballots. It's not that important. The second thing I want to talk to you about is that the only way that it can really affect things, the only way that cheating can affect things is if a race is close enough, right, that it makes a difference. So now I'm putting up a map uh, on the screen that shows the electoral votes in each state in 2016. And so as this map shows... The margin of victory for Trump was very small in six states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, New Mexico. However, the margin of loss for Trump was also narrow in four states, Minnesota, New Hampshire, Maine, and Colorado. So Trump is leading in Minnesota and New Hampshire and is expected to win both those states in the 14 electoral votes. So Trump had 302 electoral votes when he, um, uh, when he won in 16, okay? He had 306, I'm sorry. And these 14 additional votes would give him 320. So what happens here is if, if, if the state isn't close, it's not going to make much of a difference. So if Trump wins New Hampshire and Minnesota, that would give him 320 electoral votes. He could lose both Pennsylvania and Michigan and still win with 284 electoral votes. Then he could lose Wisconsin's 10 votes and still have 274. That's not going to happen. He's not going to lose all three of those. He's actually going to win bigger there than he won last time, okay? And then, for instance, he could lose Florida, which he will not because of the Hispanic vote. And you're going to hear more about that later. But if he did lose Florida's 29 votes and he won Michigan but lost Pennsylvania, Trump would still win with 271 votes. What I'm trying to say to you is the math doesn't work. The math doesn't work. You're getting the picture. Trump losing is highly unlikely. In reality, it is much more likely that Trump will win big. It is likely that he will keep all of his 2016 states and win Minnesota and New Hampshire and has a good chance to pick up Nevada, Colorado, and Virginia, all of which he lost by like 5%. Okay? So there's a good chance that Trump is going to win big, not that he's going to lose. Now you say, okay, why is that? How can I say that when the polls tell us that Biden's winning by 15%, right? How is it possible that I think it's highly likely that Trump's going to win? Folks, you got to look at the numbers. And they're in this article. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org and go to the article that says why mail-in voting will not decide this election, okay? So here's some numbers for you. In 2016, only 77% of Republicans backed Trump. This year, it's 96%. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's 10 million more votes. Trump only won by 77,000. Okay? That's 10 million more votes. And guess what? A lot of those Republicans were afraid of Trump. They thought he's a phony. They didn't like him personally. They didn't trust him. Why does he have 96% approval from Republicans now? Because he did what he said he would do. He shocked them. And guess what? They're going to vote for him. Well, who did they vote for in 16? They didn't vote for Trump. So this 10 million isn't just 10 million. It's a swing of maybe 20 million votes. That's no small thing, folks. That's no small thing. Then we've got evangelical Christians, okay? In 2016, 81% of evangelical Christians voted for Trump. This year, it's projected to be 90%. That's a 9% swing in evangelicals. That's another huge millions of votes. Then you start getting into the Latino and black votes. In 2016, Trump got just 28% of the Hispanic vote. This year, polls are predicting a record 36.5% because Hispanics are entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurial, they have businesses. They don't like the fact that the Democrats want to burn their businesses down. Okay, that Hispanic vote is 4.4 million Trump voters and a swing of 8.8. In 2016, Trump got 45% of the Catholic vote, but this year he's supposed to get 53%, mostly because of Hispanic Catholics. Okay, but that's a 6.2 million vote difference. 6.2 more votes for Trump out of Catholics. Okay which is a 12.4 million vote swing. And finally, the black vote. In 16, Trump got just 8% of the black vote. This year, polls are predicting at least 15% and maybe 20%. That's 3.4 million more votes for Trump and a 6.8 million vote swing. Friends, any one of those things, any one, any one of those things I just told you keeps the Democrats from winning anything anything. If he gets 15% of the black vote, they can't win. If he gets 35% of the Hispanic vote, they can't win. If he gets 96% of the Republican votes, they can't win. It's just that simple. So the Democrats, remember, they lost in 2016, right? They didn't win. Which constituency is, is are they going to get more votes for in 2020 than they got in 16? Who, who are they? Well, union workers, you think you're going to get more union voters voting for Biden when he's talking about in a Kamala Harris and saying they're going to stop fracking? How about police unions? They've all endorsed Trump. Three million votes that are going to Trump because they want to defund the police. He's not getting more union votes. Um, what about gays? They're an insignificant part of the, the electorate. They're only less than 1% of people are gay. Okay. And you know what? A lot of them are voting for Trump because Trump's treated them very well. Um, how about... Uh, Let's see, people under 25, right? All the youthful, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they're all going to come out and vote, right? They never do. All the polls show that they're not going to turn out, just not going to turn out. How about the suburban women, right? They always tell you that suburban white women hate Trump because he's obnoxious and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I got news for you. Suburban white women aren't going to endorse, aren't going to vote for Joe Biden when A, the Democrats want to defund the police and Antifa are burning down Democratic cities that they live in. They care about safety for their family. I'll tell you another reason why they're not going to be out in force this time. Because of Amy Comey Barrett. Because a lot of those white suburban college indoctrinated women are Roe v. Wade feminazis. And guess what? By appointing Amy Comey Bennett, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, about a week before the election, they're going to be depressed because they will have already lost before the election. Right? So these are important things. That's why Trump's more likely to have a landslide than to lose. He's highly unlikely to lose. Matter of fact, he's not going to lose, okay? But then the question is, they're going to keep us in the courts until you know it's too late and they're going to bring in extra votes and all that stuff. Well, I'm going to show you a map again on, on the screen from uh, you know for those on the podcast. But what it shows is that there's only 16 states that allow people to vote after election day. There's only 16 states, all right? So out of those 16 states, nine of them are Trump, are red states that Trump won, and the other ones don't matter, right? Because he didn't win them last time. What if he doesn't lose them this time? So what are they going to go to court and fight for? 
Nothing. Okay. And so on this map, you'll see I have listed all the days, you know, how long after the election. And, and Michigan just changed it to 14 days. But like Pennsylvania is only three days. So the only two states that Trump won and, and, and it was close were Michigan and Pennsylvania. But even if they, you know, were waiting for ballots to come in, Pennsylvanians are going to come in by Friday. We're going to know. It's not going to be forever. I'm telling you, it's going to be on election day, whether the left likes it or not. Okay, that's what's really going to happen. So don't believe the polls. And I put out a story earlier this week uh, from John Zogby, who's really one of the you know the godfathers of polling, Zogby polls. And he he just came out and made a statement, and he said, "Listen, this stuff is all wrong. <laughs> These polls—they're oversampling, you know, de- Democrats in every poll." He said, it's not a 16-point pro-Biden race. It's a two-point race at, at worst. And I'm going to tell you a little secret because we don't do, we don't read other people's polls. We take our own polls. We learned that 10 years ago. And in 2016, the We the People Convention, thanks to your donations, we did our own state polling and we were the only organization to say Trump was going to win Ohio by 8% when they were telling us Hillary was going to win by 16 How's that for a disparity, right? We were right. Well, guess what our polls are telling us now? Polls are telling us now that even if you uh, uh, balance it out, as Zogby is trying to say, where you don't oversample Democrats and you bring it more in line, you're still not going to get an accurate poll because the Trump supporters refuse to take a poll. And I figured out a way how to detect that and prove that. Okay? So guess what? Joe Biden ain't winning by 15%, folks. Not even close. Donald Trump is going to win Ohio by more than he won last time because of what I showed you, because of all those voters, just because of the Republicans who didn't support him before who are now. So it's all propaganda. Don't let it depress you or suppress you. What we got to do is turn out our vote and vote down ticket. And we're going to talk about that in our next segment. Okay? So we're going to take a little break. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski, and we'll be back after this break. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. The Buckeye Institute was founded in 1989, and we're the longest-serving free market think tank in the state of Ohio. My goal is removing barriers to prosperity that have been put in place by government. We want for Ohio to be the freest and most prosperous state in the country. The Buckeye Institute is a source of common sense ideas that will have an impact on the nation as well as the state of Ohio. All right, so let's get on with uh, how we're going to get out our vote and what we're going to do. Last week, I talked to you about this really important thing that we can't just vote for Trump. And a friend of mine had a great line. I was talking to him today, and he said, uh, I'm not a Republican. I'm a, a Trumplican. He's a Trumplican, okay? Well, the problem is that the Trumplicans don't know who to vote for other than Trump. And like in West Virginia, folks, I'm not, I'm not making a, a West Virginia joke. I love you guys in West Virginia. We're on WV, WVA in, in Wheeling, right? Okay? But in West Virginia, if you go look, the disparity between people who voted just for Trump and just didn't fill out the rest was like 30%. We can't have that. We need these other races. President Trump needs these other races. Why? Because we know the Democratic Party has been taken over by the communist Chinese. We know that we can't let any Democrat win any position. Not Joe Biden for president. Not uh, you know uh, uh, Paul, uh, Tim Ryan for, for House. Not uh, uh, local judges. None of that. So we've got to vote down ticket. So last, you know, last week, I told you about this really great website that the Ohio Republican Party actually put together, heaven forbid, it's amazing, okay? And it's, it's Slate, 
slate.ohiogop.org, slate.ohiogop.org. And if you, you want to go to that, you just go to wethepeopleconvention.org, our main website, and right on the front page there's a button that says, uh, vote early in person, click here for a slate card. And when you do that, you come to a, a picture that's got President Trump, Judy French, and Sharon Kennedy. Judy French and Sharon Kennedy are our candidates for Ohio Supreme Court. They must win. We cannot allow the communist Democrats to take over Ohio's Supreme Court. If they had it right now, you would have ballots being mailed out. You would have cheating like you've never seen. So you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you click the button to get a slate card, then you choose your county. And when you choose your county, what you see is all the candidates in your county, including appellate court judges, including local judges, including county commissioners, house races, all of them. We must support all of those people. It's critical for us to support all of those people. And guess what? The, the Trumplicans, they don't know a judge which judge is which because on the ballot, when you vote absentee or in person, on it just says names. Well, who's the Republican? So I'm asking you, I'm begging you, you got to go to wethepeopleconvention.org right now. Click on the button to get the slate card. Go to your county, print out the slate card, or copy the URL from that page and send it out in emails or text it to everyone you know who supports Trump. Take the printed copies and hand them out to people you know support Trump and say, listen, you got to vote down ticket, okay? Because it's, and why am I asking you to do it now? Why am I begging you to do it now? And I asked you last week, because because of COVID, we're going to have like 70% of people voting before election day, before election day. Okay, so we've got to get this done right now. We need to win all those down ticket races and only you and I can do that. So I'm asking, I'm giving you a way to do it. It's it's critical. Okay, now I know we've been doing a whole lot of uh, you know Trump train road rallies. You go to freeohionow.org. You can still see a list of them and I want you to do that. And I think that's really, really important and really, really good. Okay, but I want you to kind of now refocus yourself because, as I said, like 70% of the people are going to vote before the election. Well, where are they voting? They're, they can only vote at the Board of Elections in your county. So every day there are people in line going to vote six feet apart, okay, with their masks on to vote in person. Now, you don't have to vote with a mask on if you don't want to in person. I've talked to you about that. You can show up without a mask and they still got to let you vote on a machine, okay? But anyway, they're all there. Those are... Trumplicans, lots of them are Trumplicans. You need to take your trailer with your signs on it or your truck or just take your yard sign with you and go stand outside the Board of Elections and with and say, anybody need a, a, a Trump slate card? Anybody need a Trump slate card? And you're going to get takers and they're going to take it and they're going to vote down ticket. And you can talk to them and say, we need to vote down ticket because we don't want any Democrats to win and you got to vote for the judges. Nothing would be more valuable that anyone listening to my voice could do than do that. Right now, today, the borders of elections are open from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, and then they're going to start being open on Saturdays and Sundays starting the 21st, okay? So we got to do that, or 23rd, I think it is, all right? So we got to do that. Now, I, I also want you to just be concerned about the, you know, the ballot problems we're having, Okay. Because once again, you know, we had 50,000 ballots were mailed from Franklin County to the wrong people. We had federal agents finding bags of under-delivered mails at carers' houses. There's all kinds of stories. I had a woman from our Tea Party call me today and tell me about the fact that she and her husband both asked for absentee ballots and she got hers and he didn't get his. And, and when they called the Board of Elections, they said, well, we mailed it. So then they told him, you got to wait 10 days. And if you don't get it in the mail, 10 days to go, you know, four miles or whatever the heck the county distance from the Board of Elections is, the post office is 10 days. And if you don't get it in 10 days, call us and we'll send you another one. Horse hockey. We ain't doing that. Okay. I told you last week, even if you requested an absentee ballot, 
You can go to the Board of Elections and say, I requested an absentee ballot, and whether you got it or not, you can say, I want to vote on a machine. And they can do that all the way up to the day before the election. Okay? And they will take you out of the database so that if your absentee ballot shows up, somebody else voted it, it'll be thrown out, and your vote on the machine will count. And even if you want to vote absentee ballot, don't mail it back. Get in a car, drive to the Board of Elections, and drop it in the Dropbox. Every one of them has a Dropbox. Because we're finding out you can't trust the Postal Service. Okay? So we don't want you doing that. Now, I do want to clear up one important thing. Okay? I talked to you, and I just said it, about State Board uh, of Education. Okay? The State Board of Education, you should vote for these candidates. Because they got this Rule 20 that is teaching this Marxist ideology, this critical race theory and BLM stuff, to our kids. And Governor DeWine, Marxist DeWine, is pushing this. The eight people he appointed to the board, the State Board of Education, actually voted for this Rule 20, and we're trying to repeal it. Well, there are six people running for State Board of Education that we need to elect. But what I didn't speak clearly about last week is that you can't all vote for them because there's 11 districts around the state, and they're only in six of the districts. So... On the screen on the podcast, you can see their names and their districts. For you guys on the radio, I'm just going to kind of give you an idea. And if you go to you get your county slate card by going to wethepeopleconvention.org, clicking on the button to get your slate card, choose your county. If you can vote for them, they'll be on the slate card. But basically, the people that are running are like in Northwest Ohio, except for Toledo, in, in Northeast Ohio, except for uh, the Ashtabula, Trumbull, Geauga area, it's kind of Cuyahoga, Medina, Wayne, or whatever. And then Delaware and Franklin County has one. And then uh, over going uh, east of Columbus, like all the way from uh, Tuscaroras and Guernsey and Morgan in there. And then, and then down in uh, south central Ohio, where Clinton and Highland and Claremont and Scotio and Jackson, those counties, rural counties, they have one. If you have a state central committee person on your ballot, you got to vote for them, okay? It's really important. So now we're going to wrap up the radio show, uh, but I want to tell you one more thing, okay? I'm going to be speaking. Uh, if you're in the Columbus area, if you're listening to this on uh, WTOH uh, on Saturday mornings, uh, I'm going to be speaking on October 21st in Newark, Ohio at the Conservatives of Central Ohio's Trumpapalooza MAGA meeting. Doesn't that sound like fun? <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be a blast. It will be held at the Newark Manor Court at 195 West Orchard Street, Newark, Ohio, 43055. Starts at 530. They're going to have food and stuff like that and a, a raffle and a bunch of things. I'm going to speak at this and, it, and it's on October 21st. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, up in the um, the top menu, you'll see events. And if you click on that, it lists where I'm going to speak. Come down and see me. Come, let's hear what I have to say, but let me hear what you have to say. If you've got questions that you need answered, this is the time to get them answered. You know, come on down. Let's have some fun on the 21st in Newark, Ohio, and I'll look forward to seeing you there. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up the radio show, but the podcast continues. So those of you listening to the radio for the first time, if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you can fast forward on the podcast past the radio uh, show and then pick up the rest of the show, which is about 30 minutes long. Okay, and you can see those maps I put up and all that. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for telling others about it. I want to thank you for acting on the things I act you ask you to act upon. That's what this show is about. We don't do this just for fun. We do this because we love our country and we love our freedom and we're willing to fight to defend it. Act on the things I asked you to do. Go and, and be outside the Board of Elections and get slate cards out. Give them to everyone you know, okay? And don't be afraid. I just showed you that we're winning. They just don't want you to know that. They can't, you know, go to look at that story on the webpage, okay? And you'll see what I'm talking about and you'll feel a heck of a lot better. Okay, so we're going to wrap the radio show up and then come back with the rest of the podcast. You're listening to the We the People Convention News Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'll look forward to seeing you again next week. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount 
to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. Okay, we're back, and we're going to continue with the rest of the show. Um, the one thing I want to mention, I did talk about it briefly uh, in the first part of the show, was the, the confirmation of uh, Judge uh, Barrett, Amy Comey Barrett. And, and folks, you know, it's just been awesome. Public opinion polls are all saying that people want her confirmed. She's a woman. They can't do the disgusting things they did to Kavanaugh. Uh, she's currently... 40%, 48% of Americans think she should be confirmed. 31% say she shouldn't. And 21% are still undecided. You know what? It doesn't matter. There's only 51 senators that matter. She's going to get confirmed. That's going to be a gut punch to the left going into the election. And, and I think it's going to be really significant. And um, we'll see what happens. But we're going to have a 6-3 majority on the court for like the next 20 years. That's a gift from God, and you should all celebrate it and be thankful. It's a huge win before the next huge win, and it shows we're, we're turning the corner and we're moving in the right direction. All right, so now on the COVID madness, uh, I put this graphic out, and you should look really close at the graphic because I did something pretty funny in there, and I thought this was my graphic of the year. But basically, there was a story that said, the vast majority of people who get COVID wear masks. That's from a new CDC study. In a survey of 154 patients who tested positive for coronavirus uh, in the previous 14 days before their illness began, 71% reported using a cloth face mask covering uh, always. Another 14 said they use face masks often. So 85% of the people in this test who wore masks always got COVID. So what's that mean? That means their study originally published in September seems to reinforce the notion that wearing face masks or cloth co coverings do little to prevent a person from contracting the coronavirus, though it may still help reduce the transmission of the virus. That's unbelievable. And what do we keep doing? We keep marching on. And, and so I sent out just, a, I just ripped Mike DeWine, just ripped Mike DeWine because he came out with a statement now, during the week, he had a, uh, let me see if I can find that for you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he came out, Mike DeWine came out with a statement where he said that uh, that the, the biggest threat to our Ohio economy is not wearing a mask. He actually said that. He actually said the biggest threat to our economy is not wearing a mask. And then he said, I don't, you love this. I don't want to be an alarmist. But if you want your kids physically in school, we've got to slow this down. If they're spread in the community, more schools will end up going remote. Please wear a mask. Please encourage your friends to wear a mask. He's mad. He's insane. And I asked him in my email, how many more people are you going to kill, Governor, before you stop this madness? Because I told you last week about this uh, Barrington thing, right? This... Uh, this study, uh, this uh, this great Barrington Declaration. Do you remember me talking about that last week? Okay, the great Barrington De Declaration says that keeping these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage, and and with the underprivileged and disproportionately uh, harming the poor. Okay. Now, I, last when I sent my letter, my press release to Dewine calling him a madman and explaining where are the statistics, Governor, on suicide deaths. 25% of teenagers have contemplated suicide in the last six months. Do you understand what a serious health crisis that is? And the question is, how many were successful? Where's the data on that? Where's the data on drug abuse deaths? Where's the data on, on uh, physical abuse of spouses and children? Where's that, Governor DeWine? What science are you using? What science are you using to make these decisions that we have to stay out of school, we have to wear masks everywhere, that don't work, that was just proven in a test, do not work. There's 14 tests that say they don't work. There are zero tests that say masks work. So why are we wearing them? And so then I said in the letter there were 9,000, uh, you know, uh, uh, epidemiologists and doctors who said this stuff doesn't work? Yeah. Well, now there's 34,000 health experts have signed this Barrington document, okay? 
34,000 saying, and they say, let's follow the science, right? Follow the science. Listen to the scientists. That's what they're telling you. Well, why aren't they listening to scientists now? And then to top it all off, the WHO, the China-controlled World Health Organization, what do they do, right? They come out after telling everybody to lock down. They come out and say, you can't lock down. Listen to this. Listen to this short video. It's unbelievable. Really important point by Professor Gupta. I want to say it again. Uh, we in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as a primary means of control of this virus. The only time we believe a lockdown is justified is to buy you time to reorganize, regroup, rebalance your resources, protect your health workers who are exhausted. But by and large, we'd rather not do it. Just look at what's happened to the tourism industry, for example, in the Caribbean or in the Pacific, because people aren't taking their holidays. Looks what's happened to smallholder farmers all over the world because their markets have got dented. Look what's happening to poverty levels. It seems that we may well have a doubling of world poverty by next year. We may well have at least a doubling of child malnutrition because children are not getting meals at school and their parents in poor families are not able to afford it. This is a terrible, ghastly global uh, catastrophe, actually. And so we really do appeal to all world leaders, stop using lockdown as your primary control method, develop better systems for doing it, work together and learn from each other. But remember, lockdowns just have one consequence that you must never, ever uh, belittle, and that is making poor people an awful lot poorer. Oh, very nice. That's great for the WHO to finally realize that uh, what they recommended, what Mike DeWine did here in Ohio, is a ghastly global catastrophe. How's that? Hey, Governor DeWine, it's a ghastly catastrophe, man-made by you. Because we, you keep talking about cases. Look at the cases. How many people are dying? Hardly anyone Hardly anyone, as I've, as I've put out to you over and over again, this is not even as deadly as the flu. And President Trump, and I thought last week, the first segment of the show, which showed President Trump leading the way on therapeutic medicines being the answer to this, just like they are the regular flu and not vaccines, is critical, right? But we're destroying, we're killing millions of people. The coronavirus pandemic has thrown between 88 million and 114 million people into extreme poverty, according to the World Bank. How's that for moral justification? But then, DeWine's not the only madman. Listen to what Fauci said this week. This guy, I can't wait. We're going to call for him to be fired the day after the election. This guy needs to be prosecuted. Fauci needs to be prosecuted for malpractice, for killing people, for killing seniors, for, for just completely in, complete incompetence. This is what he said, folks. Fauci says that in order to get rid of it, we will never get rid of the coronavirus entirely. But in late 2021 or early 2022, Americans should be able to resume most, po most post-pre-pandemic activities. That's if we deploy a vaccine and we implement public health measures. Well, what is public health measures, Dr. Fauci? He said that even if a vaccine is developed, it's still important to adhere to public health principles, such as continuing to wear a mask at social gatherings. Since the effectiveness of immunogenicity, which means vaccines, I think, may only be 70%. This madman is telling you you're going to wear a mask and social distance till 2022. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that for nothing? When are you going to stand up? This is what they're planning for you. This is insane. This guy's a madman. Listen, and again, I'm not, I'm not telling you what you should do that I don't do. I'm telling you this whole six months, I've probably been to 10 events that have 300 people or more at them. I've been to protests. I've been to meetings. I've been to rallies. I've hugged every person. I've kissed the people that want to be kissed. I've shook hands with everybody. And yeah, I might have got it. I was sick for a few days a while back. I don't know because you know what? This damn disease isn't that bad. And I'm 65. 
How can you be afraid of something that doesn't kill 3% of the people? How can you be afraid of something? If you, if you had a chance to win a million dollars or, or, or lose your life, lose your, your whole house and everything, and you had a 97% chance of, of, of winning, how many of you would do that? I think a lot of you would do that. What the heck are we thinking? We've lost our minds. We need to be the adults in the room. DeWine and Fauci need to be driven out. And after this election, we're coming for them. We have no choice. We can't be prisoners. We're free people, and we must demand our freedom, and we must fight to get it, however that has to be done. All right, all right. Better take a break. You know, I get a little heated, get a little worked up here, so we're going to take a little break. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast, and my name's Tom Zawistowski. This is Jordan Seculo with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom, the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting aclj.org. Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. All right, we're back for our final segment of the show. Took a drink of water, calmed down a little bit. But there's some stories that'll probably make you mad going forward. But I've got some great stories at the end that'll make you laugh. So that's good. So here we go. The first story is uh, Joe Biden has a Hunter Biden problem. And these emails have come out that basically tie Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden has sworn. He says, you know, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Yeah, you mean when you were on that Air Force Two to fly to China, which takes like, who knows, I don't know, 18 hours in the air? Yeah, you didn't talk to Joe, your Hunter Biden about why he was going with you? And then when he got $1.5 billion, you don't think he mentioned that to his father when he was on the plane on the way back? Oh, no, no, sure. Well, so it doesn't matter because Joe Biden's a liar. We know he's a liar. So these emails have come out and it basically, you know, talks about this, this guy from, uh, you know, remember Joe Biden's uh, son Hunter was with Burisma, this uh, energy company, and they were paying Hunter Biden like $83,000 a month to be a consultant, to be on their board. And then it's, he got an email from the guy saying, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to DC, to DC and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It was really an honor and a pleasure. Other emails came out and said, Geez, Hunter, can you use your influence with your guy, the father, to help out? Okay? So it's all coming out right before the election. And that's good and that's bad. Because... What makes me angry, and I just told you I was going to calm down, but it still makes me angry, is that the Republicans are only caring about politics. This is a criminal, bloody act. Hunter Biden should be in prison serving 10 years now. He committed multiple felonies. So did Joe Biden. So did a whole list of people, right? And the Republicans, all they care about is politics. All they care about is politics. It's disgusting. Lindsey Graham, right? You know, did nothing. Did He covered up for the FBI and the DOJ. He's a deep stater. I showed you, you can go to wethepeopleconvention.org and see pictures of John McCain and Lindsey Graham in Ukraine getting money just like Joe Biden and Hunter Biden did. They're criminals too. But now he's, he's pretending that he's having Comey and everybody testify. It's pretending is the key word there. They're all phonies, but we can't fix that right now, but we're going to fix it, I assure you, okay? Here's another example, Bruce Orr, right? The guy whose wife, Nellie Orr, who looks strangely less like him, worked for Fusion GPS, and this, and they used their relationship with Bruce Orr, who was a senior Justice Department official, to spread the lies of the, the Steele dossier. 
This guy is a major criminal in this. And what did he do? Bruce Orr, uh, whose conduct in the Russia case spurred a significant controversy. Oh, yeah, really did. Yeah, significant controversy. Has retired after being informed that a decision on disciplinary action was imminent, the department announced Wednesday. He retired on September 30th. This guy's going to get off. Disciplinary action? He was part of a coup attempt on the president of the United States. Disciplinary action. So I was happy to hear, and you guys know, I promoted A.G. Bill Barr. I've trusted him. I believed in him. I've shared his videos. I've invested in him. I've asked you to call and support him. But President Trump said this week that he would consider firing A.G. Bill Barr because he has not brought charges against these people. And I know many of you, you've written to me and said, Tom, you're being, you're being fooled. Barr is just a deep stater. He's covering up. He's not going to charge him. You were right. He didn't charge him. Now, will that change after the election? I don't know. But I was glad to see the president say he's thinking about it. Because this cannot stand. We must have equal justice under the law. There cannot be two tiers of justice. And when this election is over, we're going to push the president to fire Christopher Ray, the FBI director, immediately. And that woman, Haspel, who's been with obstructing justice in the CIA. And they need to be charged with obstruction of justice because they've been part of the four-year cover-up. And then we're going to press the president to appoint a special counsel to investigate all of this, including the Clinton Foundation, all of it. We cannot let this rest. Our nation depends on those people going to jail because as long as they don't, others behind them will just do the same thing. Speaking of Republicans protecting our enemies, I had you act this week by calling Senator Weicker for a Republican, quote-unquote, rhino from Mississippi, who is on this uh, Senate Commerce Committee. And that committee is charged with uh, appointing nominations to the Federal Communications Commission. President Trump had put up a guy uh, uh, to fill one of the open seats. His name is Nathan Symington. And this Weicker guy has not held a hearing for months and President Trump is saying, we need to get smart and confirm Nate Symington to the SEC as soon as possible. Get to work. So we started calling this Wickers guy's office, and Breitbart put out a story. I asked you to call. People have been calling, and now they're claiming they're going to have this hearing before the end of October, before the election. We're going to make sure that happens because this guy, Symington, is against Section 230, wants to reform Section 230, and Folks, this is in the, in the order of problems. What is going on with big tech is the biggest threat to your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity than any threat that's ever existed in the history of man. That's followed by the Chinese communist attempts to take over the world and defeat us. Okay, and then that's followed by the Republican Party and the rhinos and establishment Republicans and federal employees who are communist statists who hate America. And we've got to drive them all out. We've got to defeat the Chinese and we've got to rein in big tech. This appointment is critical. Now, in the story, and if you go to WeThePeopleConvention.org, you can look at that story about Senator Weicker. I put a link to a, a Netflix documentary called The uh, Social Dilemma. And in that documentary, folks, it is people who built Facebook, who built Google, who built uh, uh, Twitter, who built uh, Pinterest. These are the people who actually wrote the code, who have left and are saying, oh my God, what have we done? What evil have we let loose? This documentary, if you've got a Netflix subscription or you can lend it to someone or borrow it from your kids, watch The Social Dilemma. It will make you understand that this is that's what we've got on social media is a threat to humanity. It is against the very essence of who you are as a person. I, I, I can't underestimate this. 
And we're going to talk more about this. And we've had Dr. Epstein on talking about, you know, how they're manipulating elections and all that. That is nothing compared to what it's doing to your mind, what it's doing to your soul. There can be no free speech. There can be no privacy as long as corporations are in control of this stuff. And now don't get me wrong, because we're conservatives and China is taking control of this. And that's not good either. But what I'm talking about is something that's like a public utility. Would you pay? In the in this, the, the documentary, it says, whenever you get something for free, it's not free, right? And you grew up, nothing's for free. So why do we expect our email to be free? Why do you expect your Gmail account to be free? Why do you expect to have um, um, so Facebook for free? Well, here's the clue. You're the product. They're selling you. They're using you. They're selling your information, okay? And there was a great line they, in the movie. They put up these little things, you know, smart sayings that people say. And in the movie, they had one that said, there's only two industries that call their customers users, the drug industry and social media. Think about that. This is the most dangerous thing ever invented by man, but it can be fixed because there are good sides to Facebook. Wouldn't you love to be able to send an email and everyone you send it to get it and, and read it? And if they don't like it, they delete it or they, they tell you, you know, don't send me anymore. Wouldn't you like to post whatever you want on Facebook and people can either look at it or not look at it? But there's no thought police. There's no, you can't say that. Well, would you pay 10 bucks a month for that? You're already paying 100 bucks a month for your doggone stupid cable TV, which needs to be broken up again. That needs to be a la carte and not bundled because why am I paying for CNN and MSNBC? Why are they forcing me out of my cable bill to pay for people that hate me? We got to get that fixed too. The FCC does that. This guy's appointment does that. So we're going to be after Wicker. We're going to try to get this done. But these are Republicans that are doing this. And so, and, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but but after the story came out about Hunter Biden's you know, uh, you know, emails that exposed him about Burisma and Joe Biden, what did Twitter do and Facebook do? They banned it as misinformation. And people went nuts because this was, story was published in the New York Post, a major daily newspaper with credible evidence. And they banned them. And so everyone went crazy. And what did the Senate do? The Senate issued subpoenas to bring the big tech leaders to testify about banning that story to the Senate the day before the election. The day before the election. That ought to be fun to watch, okay? But again, it's all politics. This isn't about politics. This is about our lives. And we want real action. We want the FBI going or the marshals, U.S. marshals, breaking into the, uh, Zuckerberger's office and taking computers and bank records. We want him in a jumpsuit. We want all these people. We are at war with them. They have abused the, uh, the rights we have given them because they bribed congressmen. That's just that simple. They are the number one lobbyists in Washington. Millions of dollars they give, and that's why Weicker isn't held in this hearing, because they don't want to rein in big tech because they're paid not to, okay? All right, two more stories, a couple fun ones. Remember, about a week ago, they talked about Governor Whitmer from Michigan, that witch who's been abusing the people of Michigan with this COVID stuff, that there was a plot to kidnap her. And right away, the first stories talked about, oh, you know, these are Trump supporters. Those were those militia guys who were out on the courthouse lawn demanding an end to the emergency orders. Yeah, yeah, not so much. Turns out that um, when it was reported several days ago that a plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Whitmer was foiled by the FBI, they were sure, they were sure the culprits were MAGA-loving Trump supporters and also white supremacists. In fact, we even had some cable news analysts suggesting Trump should be charged as a co-conspirator. MSNBC. The narrative started to fall when it was revealed uh, one of the ringleaders not only didn't support Trump, but that he had called the president a tyrant. 
Okay, it turns out that the, uh, that the anarchists have a lot more in common with the left and Antifa than they do with Trump supporters. Want more proof? Now we are learning that another plotter was a Black Lives Matter supporter and may have been partially motivated to kidnap Whitner because of the death of George Floyd. What happened to that story? It disappeared, didn't it? If it was a Trump supporter... You would have been hearing about it. You would have seen their faces. You would have had people outside the courthouse. Where are these people? These crazy, conservative, hillbilly, backwoods Trump supporters were going to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Holy cow. Yeah. But when it turns out they're Antifa and BLM, nothing to see here, folks. But you heard it here. They can't hide it because you heard it here. Okay. Here's the last story, and this one was sent to a good friend of mine who's a New Yorker, native New Yorker, and this is just too funny, folks. This is just too funny. Staten Island GOP turns table on Trump-hating teen TikTok trolls. Thousands of teens tried to sabotage a Staten Island Republican rally last week by hoarding online tickets just as they did to embarrass President Trump in Tulsa in Oklahoma in June. But the GOP organizers bamboozled them, okay? The spokesman said, we had 1,500 reservations for the Staten Island protest. Then all of a sudden, we started seeing numbers tick up to 10,000, 15,000, 75,000, said GOP chairperson Brendan uh, Lantry. We knew something was not right. Lantry's wife, Jessica, an avid TikTok user, sorry for that, uh, used the app to, to trace the clip to a post earlier that day to a 19-year-old Brooklyn girl who said, let's turn out, uh, let's order all these tickets for this Trump event and then not turn up just like we did in Tulsa, okay? The, the video of hers rocketed on social media, ra- media racking up 523,000 views and 153,000 likes, okay? Spurring scores of adults to spread the word. She said, register for this, I did. Order them so their numbers will be way off and they'll export more people and then don't show up, okay? And remember, OAC laughed about how they punked Trump's people in Tulsa, and they did. But but the the people in, in Staten Island, they were too smart. They decided to put a $5 fee if you want to get a reservation. And guess what happened? It's a $5 non-refundable fee. They kept coming from Colorado and California and Chicago and Houston, all over the country. Multiple Ruth Ginsburgs from Salisbury, Maryland and Greensboro, North Carolina, gladly paid the $5 to get a non-refundable ticket to a Staten Island rally. By the time the October 3rd rally began uh, in a commercial parking lot on the South Shore, the Trump haters had shelled out $15,785 to buy, you know, uh, to buy their tickets, which they didn't use. They hate the president so much that they're willing to donate to the Republican Party to troll him. The event drew 2,500 people. You got to love it. That's why I love you. That's who we are. We're conservatives. We know how to fight and win. We have common sense. We're happy warriors, right? We're happy warriors. I want you to be a happy warrior. I want you to go to the WeThePeopleConvention.com.org website and read that analysis of the election that I did. It took me six hours to research that to help you and me better understand what's going on. We're going to be fine if we just do the job. We must get our slate cards in the hands of every Trump supporter, and we must get them to vote, and we must get them to vote in person and early or on election day. Everything else takes care of itself. That's what you and I got to do. If Trump wins big, there's not enough cheating in the world they can do, and we're going to be now ready to take back our country from the communist left. Okay? I want to thank all of you who listen and watch you know, tell other people about the podcast and radio show. Uh, send them, send me your comments. A lot of these stories, the Staten Island story came from a friend. You heard me mention friends. You know, send them to info at we the people convention.org. Info at we the people convention.org. I use your stuff. This is your show. I just prevent it, present it. Okay. And then we're going to be back next week. Three weeks to go. Don't give up. And when this election's over, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep fighting. Okay. 
You've been listening to the We the People Convention, News and Opinion, radio show, and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'll see you again next week.